Hi everyone and welcome to The FFS Show, a podcast about misinformation and fact-checking by The Ferret. I'm your host, Ali Bryan, and not with me this week is Mag Taylor. This is a special episode where I interview Alex Clegg from Sense About Science. Sense About Science is a charity which promotes accurate scientific information and its use in public life. We spoke about how scientific information had been reported during the COVID-19 pandemic. I started by asking, in this unprecedented period, how do you think the media have done so far? You know, as you said, it's, you know, unprecedented, you know, these are some of the, the, the words which are always bandied around. But I think by and by, it's been it's been good and it's been strong in what's a really tricky situation. But I think one of the challenges of the pandemic itself is that um, it's put a really highly incredible scientific subject really at the centre of policy and policymaking. Um, so it means we've, you know, we've had political reporters um, at the forefront of, um, you know, um, reporting what's going on in the world in the UK. But maybe they've not been as confident in challenging ministers or seeking clarification on hmm. uh, on data. So um, a good example. So uh, the BBC, um, where a lot of reports of, you know, they're just restatements of government announcements, uh, which might include like fudged or, you know, poor information. Yeah. And it's only when you have uh, analysis by special reporters that, you know, really crucial, uh, critical questions, uh, for example, around school testing or, you know, what on earth happened to test and trace, that, that's when they're actually raised. So um, so it's been good, but I think um, it's just the nature of, you know, this really complex issue at the heart of policymaking that's uh, tricky. What role does Sense About Science play in the COVID pandemic in terms of holding to account things that are said by ministers and by people in in, in public office about COVID-19? Where do you kind of fit into that? So um, I mentioned um, um, the testing in schools before. And, you know, this is one area where we've come in and where there's, um, you know, uh, lots of information coming out, lots of policy recommendations, lots of uh, back and forth between, you know, unions and the government and the media and opinion pieces. Um, But there's actually been, you know, not much discussion about what the different types of tests are and what's the difference between, you know, a lateral flow test and, and then the COVID mm-hmm. test, which you go um, go to the centre to get, um, and what 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 the differences are in what they what they can achieve and what they can actually tell us, um, um, and how that information can be used as well. So that's one area where we worked with um, academics to produce a you know a really simple guide to COVID nineteen testing, um, which um, I know has been picked up by um, you know. A, youth organizations um, such as the scouts but then also um, um, like journalism journalists and policymakers as well so we can you know you can really understand simply what the difference is and then begin to make an informed decision or have an informed debate about around it i think what's interesting uh i was particularly at the start of the pandemic but i think has obviously continued throughout has been that there was a lack of certainty and a lack of, uh, you know, naturally because we're we're in an unprecedented um, situation, 
so there was lots of information coming out and lots of information being reported on by the media, but not there wasn't there wasn't really any any level of scientific consensus at the start in on certain areas. So looking at, for example, like the change in views around uh, the wearing of masks, for example, that put a lot of people in the media in a kind of spin because the media in general does look for kind of certainty and, it, and you know, it looks for sort of accurate information they can tell people that's definitely true. But when the science is sort of changing and the scientific views are changing, it puts them in a difficult position. And I think they maybe struggled with being... Uh, being forced to kind of put loads of information out but not having any real certainty about it well yeah i think you know particularly for um for um journalism you know it's a tricky path because you've got to balance sort of the public health considerations and the, the messages that need to go out there hmm. uh, but also be critical um of what's going on so be able to hold people to account uh, but then also you know there's competition for attention as well um, you know yeah. businesses so they need to sell papers um, and you know it's done a better job than others, but then uh, than other countries' medias. Um, but then also, yeah, but you know there has been problems. So one instance I think is the the images of crowded beaches, um, which were um, plastered on all the pages last summer, yeah. on pages last summer, and you know I and I imagine uh, you know we'll be we'll be out there again, and I think there it contributed to misunderstanding about outdoor and indoor transmission. This is another rare area where we've tried to, you know, um, make more clear the different types of transmission. Mm -hmm. um, and it also, you know, begins to lead to a bit of a blame culture where you have a public blaming of a members of a public, which is not, um, um, you know, not incredibly beneficial um, in the midst of a pandemic. Um, so yeah, although you know it's tricky and overall it's been good, there has been a few instances where yeah, I think they you know could have done a better job and just been a bit more careful as to you know what they lead with and you know what image they're portraying. From your perspective and from sense about science's perspective, what are some sort of general practical things that the media can do to improve its reporting? So I think um, there's a lot of um, you know, like the sort of resources we're producing, you know, just making sure that, you know, uh, that the, you know, is clear as possible what the evidence is and not sort of rushing to make a judgment as well um, on that. You know, um, it's a really, um, you know, saying before, it's a really tricky thing to report, you know, a, a political and policy issue alongside, you know, highly specific scientific data. So I think, being able to have, uh, you know, take time and a considerate approach to it, how you're reporting that. But then I think, you know, this this goes, you know, before the pandemic as well, you know, again, having confidence in statistics um, and, uh, you know, a better understanding of them and better sort of checking of those as well. Um, um, or, you, or as I said before, you will end up in a situation where, um, you might be reporting some fudged or you know misguided uh, statistics, um, but one of the things um, you know, seen social media used in new ways. So, um, seen experts using um, their Twitter feeds or um, blogs in order to give like really quick, rapid summaries of new and emerging data and evidence. Um, and I know that's been useful for um, um, uh, 
you know, uh, individuals in order to get, you know, a quick summary as to what what it, what data is actually saying. Um, and so uh, it's almost like a, a real ad hoc um, way to get across an issue really quickly and understand, okay, what what's the question here? Uh, what needs to be asked? What's missing? You're listening to the FFS Show. If you want to help us do more of these podcasts, you can support us for just £3 a month. Go to theferret.scot forward slash subscribe. Now back to the interview. A slight sort of um, bugbear of ours at Ferret Fact Service is that sometimes in the media there's le- very little done to properly transparent source the information that they are using do you think that that is something that leads people to doubt information that they are getting yeah yeah definitely and i think especially when um it's um you know usually it'll be a really contentious issue or it will it will really have an impact on certain people's lives and so not being able to for them to go on their own like evidence journey Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real shame as well. So then you're just sort of stopping a, a news report of it. But what happens if someone actually yeah, wants to read a bit more in depth about that because it's um, important to them? So I think it's almost it's almost like a, a duty to to provide that information um, so people can better inform themselves if they are more interested in it. Um, but it, it is a lot better than it used to be. So um, um, in 2005, Sense About Science you know, we, we published the world's first guide to peer review. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for listeners who aren't, um, you know, 100% clued up what that is, it's the system used to decide which re- research results should be published. Um, and they're subjected to independent scrutiny by qualified experts. So that's peer review. And it's um, pretty much how most science publication works. Um, and, um, you know, since then, um, you know, we made it a public issue and it's something journalists picked up too. And, you know, there's now a much more um, discussion and especially during the pandemic as, as to what the peer, peer-reviewed uh, evidence is um, and peer-reviewed um, publications are. So I think, you know, a lot has changed. And I think as long as um, people keep talking about, you know, the, the quality of evidence, um, it's a good thing. It's heartening to hear you say that, that you think things have improved on that front. Um, and I think that one thing that the, the sort of explosion of uh, social media and the internet has given us is that people are quite often more likely to, as you say, go on their own evidence journey or do a lot of their own background research and they're less beholden to just believing this, the thing that they see. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, a great thing that people can... Um, um yeah you know pursue a topic in more detail i think what what there needs to be is maybe a a greater debate about you know quality of evidence because there's you know more and more research and more and more evidence more and more information out there in the world Mm -hmm. um but yeah you know there needs to be a bit of a more discussion about quality um of evidence out there um you know which is something that is changing too um but yeah i think um um Definitely, the um, the media is a lot more aware now that the public don't um, uh, they're not as easily uh, duped or caught up in a, a, a sensation. Um, and this mm. is something we, um, we do with our Ask for Evidence campaign. 
and we encourage members of the public when um, you know they come across something which you know seems too good to be true um, or just seems too absurd and um, to get in contact and yeah ask for evidence behind that claim um, and yeah we have a network of ambassadors and people are uh, send in um, you know uh, times when they've um, yeah they've asked for evidence behind claims and it could be from um, you know I, I remember some of the initial ones were um, sort of magnets you could wear wear on your wrist to stop um, you know harmful rays coming from your computer. Um, right. Yeah. You know, this is you know back in um, um, around like 2010, but nowadays it's a lot around obviously a lot around nutrition, um, and the media might be talking about um, you know the the benefits of B12 supplements. Um, yeah. But you know, people have asked for evidence behind the claims of that, and yeah, led to changes. Um, um, yeah, I, you know, I started a discussion about it, and at times led to changes in um, either marketing materials or in um, publications as well. That's all we've got time for in this episode of the FFS Show. Thanks very much for listening. And remember to uh, subscribe if you want to help us do more of these podcasts. And if you want to get in contact about any of our fact-checking work or podcasting, go to factcheck at the ferret.scot and send us an email. See you next time.